David versus Goliath is among the most popular passages from the Bible. I imagine most of us, hopefully all of us, know the story of the shepherd boy who defeats a ferocious professional warrior with a slingshot because he trusted in God. But what isn't as well known is the chain reaction set in motion by David's victory. You see, after David slays Goliath, the armies of Israel return home, crowds come out to greet them, and the women of Israel, they sing a song. Saul has slayed his thousands, and David his ten thousands. Now Saul was the reigning king of Israel. He had fallen out of favor with God. His days as king were numbered, but for the time being, he was the king. And he didn't like this song. Saul has slayed his thousands, David his ten thousands. He was angered at the accolades and the praises heaped on David because he wanted them for himself alone. And he began to be envious of David, to hate David, and he would plot to kill David in a short amount of time. You can read about how all that unfolds in the second half of 1 Samuel. But I mentioned Saul and David in this dynamic because it illustrates well a couple of sins that Jesus warns us about in our gospel. One sin, a little more obvious, ambition, Another one not so obvious, envy. So let's look at this parable from the gospel, and then we can talk about these two sins and the remedy our Lord gives us. The parable in this gospel is very straightforward. Jesus even gives us a, a one-sentence summary of it. Everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. Everyone who humbles himself will be exalted. And it's in the context of this wedding banquet you know, he says, don't seek the highest seat of honor, rather seek the lowest, and then you'll be elevated to a better seat. Now, but Jesus is not teaching us here, the point of this parable is not how to get a good seat at a wedding. He's teaching us about his kingdom, that the kingdom of heaven, greatness in the kingdom of heaven, is different than greatness in the world. That those who are great in the kingdom to come will walk the path that Christ himself walked, that of humility, of service. And this is a theme that is all over the Gospels. All over. I'll, I'll just give one example from Matthew because I think it helps fill out what this parable is about. In Matthew, Jesus says to his apostles, You know the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and the great ones make their authority over them felt. But it shall not be so among you. Rather, whoever wishes to be great among you shall be your servant. Whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. And as he goes on to say, just so the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Christ, true God, true man, becomes the lowest of all. He dies a condemned criminal. To save us. He gives us the example par excellence of greatness being seen 
through humility and service. Those who humble themselves will be exalted. That's the positive teaching of this parable. But there's also a negative side, a a warning. Those who exalt themselves will be humbled, will be brought low. And this is where we can talk about the sin of ambition. And I need to be clear, when I say ambition, I'm using the word a little bit differently than we typically use it in 2019. I am not saying, I am not saying that it's a sin to set goals and work to achieve it. Not only is that not a sin, that's a, that's a good thing. When we talk about ambition as a sin, it's something very precise. St. Thomas Aquinas says, he teaches us that the sin of ambition, it's more about desiring to obtain recognition and honor for ourselves above all. And in severe cases, we want that honor for ourselves alone without any reference to God, who's the giver of our talents and gifts, or to other people without whom our gifts and our talents will never mature. That's the sin of ambition, when our primary motivation is people singing our praises. Now, some people might say, okay, what's so sinful about that? What's wrong with wanting accolades and honor and praise? What's wrong with wanting people to applaud us. I'll say this, it's never going to be enough. It's never going to last long enough. And it's going to open us up in a big way to the sin of envy. Envy is a deadly sin for a reason. It's, It's one of the more common ones we see throughout the Bible. Envy was behind Cain murdering his brother Abel. To make a good argument, envy was behind the Pharisees' conspiracy to kill Jesus. The Book of Wisdom tells us that it is by the envy of the devil that death came into the world. What is envy? Well, it's different than jealousy. Jealousy is, I want what you have. Envy, though, is a sadness, or perhaps an anger, some kind of discontent at the success or excellence of another. So if jealousy is, I want what you have, envy is, I'm upset things are going well for you. I'm annoyed things are going well for you. Angry, you're succeeding. Envy is seeing someone else get the highest seat of honor and secretly despising them for it. Envy is having a shepherd boy save your life and all of Israel from the Philistines, and then despising him when he's rightly praised for it. Ambition opens us up to envy, and envy is the motivation very often behind much, much more serious sins. You know, even everyday sins like gossip and slander often have envy behind it, but even anger, violence, Envy has left in its wake a trail of broken friendships, broken marriages, families. Envy can poison the soul and and our relationships. So that's the problem, envy. And if we seek to exalt ourselves, we seek to get that praise and honor through ambition, envy will eventually destroy ourselves. This is what happened to Saul. 
Saul, at that moment when he heard that song, something changed inside of him, and he began to hate David. And this begins this downward spiral from the moment he allowed envy to enter into his heart until he dies on the battlefield, a shell of his former self. That's the warning of this parable. Whoever exalts himself will be brought low. What's the solution? The solution, Christ gives it to us, it's in our first reading, is humility. And humility is not, humility is not thinking poorly of ourselves. It's not turning ourselves into a doormat and letting everyone else walk all over us. Humility is seeing ourselves as God sees us. God sees all. He knows all. He knows our faults, our weaknesses. He knows our hidden sins that we're too afraid to tell. He knows our strengths, our good qualities, and the intentions of our hearts also. He sees the saint that he's created us to be and the sinner we are at this moment. To be humble is to acknowledge both the greatness and the glory he has created us for and the multitude of ways we are currently falling short. That's humility. How do we get this? How do we acquire humility or grow in humility? Well, it is something that we should pray for, certainly. But one of the fastest ways to gain humility is to learn to accept humiliation. Pope Francis talked about this a couple years ago. He said, sometimes we think that humility is to go quietly, perhaps head down looking at the floor. This is not humility. We have to be aware that there is no true humility without humiliation. So enduring humiliation, what does that look like? Well, it could be as simple as laughing at ourselves when we make an embarrassing faux pas. Could be as simple as saying, you were right and I was wrong. It could be as simple as saying, I don't know, and that's the honest answer, but it makes us look a little bit foolish. Or, you know, a great way to regularly practice this is to go to confession. Not, I'm not saying a we should be humiliated by the priest in confession. That should never happen. What I'm saying is it's humbling to come to confession, to say, bless me, Father, for I have sinned, and then to name our sins. That's humbling. But it's humility. It's humility that brings us closer to the Lord. It's humility that is the path to the greatness God has created us for. And it's by accepting these acts, uh, excuse me, by accepting these humiliations life throws our way, that we can come to grow in this virtue. So as we continue with Mass, let's pray for the grace to resist the temptation to ambition and envy. Let's pray for the grace to endure humiliation so that we can come to know the greatness and glory God has created us for, so that we can become the saints he created us to be.